evening, everyone. How are we doing tonight? All right. I got one yell and two claps. Man, that's... Either you're still saying hi, you're still settling in. I understand that. Uh, but all you kids, if there's a few kids that are still left in here, you guys are dismissed to go and have an awesome time downstairs. I know they got a great night for you guys planned. So if you don't know where that is, you can just go right out this door and there's some stairs. Pastor Shalina is just right at the top of the stairs there and they'll escort your kids. And if this is your first time here, we want to welcome you. You belong here, man. This is a great place. And uh, right now, welcome to Saturday nights. We just relaunched Saturday nights. Last week was our first night back. And so this is our second night. So you're really catching in on the brand new time. And it's good. And uh, one of the things that the Lord told us to do, just in case you're kind of wondering, well, this doesn't feel like church. Good. Who told you church has to be that, you know, service-like? We wanted to make it like a living room. So the Lord directed us uh, to make it more living room feel. Man, just to connect, sit back. Enjoy the presence of God. Enjoy connection with one another. That's really wanted, uh, uh, That's really the purpose behind all of this. And it's a great opportunity to do church in a totally different way. And the reason why we're doing this is to throw out a different net. I mean, in order to reach people that have never been reached before, you've got to do things you've never done before. And so this is one of the avenues that the Lord had us do is just Saturday evenings. And uh, we're so thrilled and glad that you came to be part of it. And uh, we're excited for what the Lord's going to do and where he's taking us and leading us. So again, if, you, if there's things on your heart, if you want to get involved in any kind of way, we want to encourage you to do so. We got some get in the, uh, join the mission. Whoa, I had to catch myself. We changed the name on that. Join the mission that we do uh, the first Saturday or Sunday of the month. Saturday nights will be directly right after the service and Sunday mornings at 945. If you're interested in you know, joining the mission, getting involved and impacting generations for Jesus, we encourage you to do so because this is a great place to grow great place to learn and connect. I mean, we're all learning this. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I'm glad you feel that same way. Well, this evening we're, we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, we actually going to be doing a little bit of a Q and a panel, uh, tonight, just talking about grace and faith still. And, uh, you're going to, you're going to, you'll see a phone number on the screen, but if you have a question that you want to throw at us, uh, please text the number that you'll see on the screen and then we'll, we'll get that. Uh, but right now, I want to, before we jump all into that, you, you can start sending your questions in now if you got anything related to grace and faith. So don't ask us questions about end times because we're not doing that tonight, right? Or don't ask us, you know, what should I do with my dog when the dog operates like this? No, we're not doing anything about pets, end times. We're talking about what? Grace and faith, right? Grace and faith. So before, you know, just turn in your Bibles for one quick sec. Colossians chapter 2. And we're just explaining a little bit of details why we're doing what we're doing so you hear, hear a little bit about it. But Colossians 2, everybody got their Bibles with them? Okay, if you don't, you can use your phone, of course, that, you have it on there. But Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6 and 7, this is what we're focusing on right now is to get rooted. Everybody say rooted. rooted. And say it like you mean it, rooted. We want to get rooted and grounded in Him. And uh, one of the things the Lord told us in order to properly move forward and the Lord, again, for those that this is your first time, you're probably wondering what's, what's all this about. Well, the Lord gave us a, a word for our church family and it's the word move forward. We want to move life forward. We want to move church forward. We want to move every facet of your being, what incorporates your life. We want it to go in the forward direction. And that's the word the Lord gave us. So I'd encourage you, man, write that down. You think about this. But in order to properly move forward, the Lord told us you have to get rooted in the basics. So it's no good for us just trying to, you know, figure out what's the next thing, what's the next hot topic that everybody's talking about? What's the next greatest revelation that's out there that I need to know of? We're not focusing on any of that. We're going deep into what God has already spoken to us, and we're getting rooted and established in that knowledge, right? 
Right? Amen. We need to get rooted in this. So Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, it says this. And now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord. How many of you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord? You. Now what is the next part of it? What does he go on to tell us? You must continue to follow him. You must continue to follow him. So this isn't a suggestion. This isn't, you know, if you got time for Jesus in your life. No, he's saying if you want to see success in any area of your life, you must continue to follow him. Then he goes on in verse 7. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. So what we're talking about is, again, getting rooted. We're not talking about grace and faith just as a topic. We're talking about grace and faith in the way that we get rooted in the, in the understanding that we already know. You may have heard grace and faith. That's, that's wonderful. That's so good. But we got to get established in it. Because, again, this is not grace and faith. This isn't just a topic. It is the way that we have relationship with God. It is grace and faith. Everybody say that with me. Grace and faith. Which part is God's part? Grace. What's my part? Faith. So the grace of God is what we're looking for. The grace of God is what we're looking to hear from. Because once grace speaks, what is automatically there? Faith. It's automatically there. So rather, it's not about you trying to stir it up and muster up enough faith just to believe something. That's not what it is. We are hearing and depending on what grace says. And faith just simply is a response to what you already hear. Right? Isn't that wonderful? That's what makes grace and faith so wonderful and makes it so easy. It's a relationship that you have between God and yourself is a relationship of grace and faith. Right? Right? Okay. So without further ado, I am going to call to the panel this evening. Are you guys ready? I'm going to just pick some random names and you're going to come up. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and uh, before we also do that, I also want to welcome online those that are watching Facebook Live and live stream. We want, thank you for joining us. And if you got questions as well, make sure you put them down on the screen and we'll do our best to answer them. Maybe not here, but also in, on, on the Facebook uh, program, internet as, as well on there too. So without further ado, I want to invite Pastors John and Ingrid. For those of you that do not know who Pastor John and Ingrid are, they are my mom and dad. I have a mom and dad and they're Pastor John and Ingrid. But uh, they've, they started this church in April of 1992. And uh, Jamie and I, we had the, the honor of serving underneath them, serving with them for about uh, nine and a half years. Uh, we were youth and children's pastors underneath them and their leadership. And then uh, 2016 of February, so it'll be three years next month uh, when we had the transition service. So I'm so thrilled. And right now they have a ministry, Impact Nations Ministries, and they are traveling the globe. So Pastor John, I believe, is heading to Taiwan, no, sorry, Thailand. Thailand on Thursday. He'll be there from 10 days taking a team from Australia uh, to do a missions trip there. And then after that, going to Australia for a little while. Giddy up. That's wonderful. So Pastor John and Ingrid, come have a seat on the, on the hot spot. <clears throat> so again, if you've got questions, if you've got questions, there's the number that you can text, 403-307-3115. And uh, just, you can shoot them off there. And again, not about your cats or dogs, not about, you know, anything like that. Just about grace and faith. So if you guys want to grab, there's a microphone right behind. And uh, maybe you wanted to quickly say hello, give your, not everybody knows you here. So maybe you want to just share a few things. All right. Well, this is my wife, Ingrid. She is the... She's the better, much, much better half of this equation, and we're just thrilled to be with you tonight. Amen. Yeah, thank you so much, Pastor Joel. Oh, son of son. my heart. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. 
It's an honor. How do I hold this? No, you're okay. It's Farther. me. Oh, it's you. Yeah. It's not me. It's you. No, it's you. Okay. Um, how exciting this is. You know, it's um, how good God is to us, and, and you, you hand over things to your son and to your family, and you just see it just progress and grow, and, and you can see how faithful God is. You follow his word, and it, he'll show you things. Mm -hmm. it's, it's so exciting, and I'm excited to see you all here tonight. It feels different than a Sunday morning would, and that's exciting, right? Like you, like you said, that you don't always have to do things the same way. Yeah. So it's, it's awesome to be yeah, here. Yeah, you bet. No, we're thrilled to have you guys. Thank you for being here. Uh, and so again, of course, if, make sure you text your questions. Okay? Well, I'm going to do that. Because we got a list of a few that we would see that maybe some questions that people would have. Because I mean, you know the culture and the generation that we live in, I mean, it's a different culture altogether than what we're seeing. And so we want to just talk about what does grace and faith look like today? And even though we live in the day of grace, what does it look like, especially in the generation now? You know, God never changes. His grace is still being stretched towards us. But we want to just to kind of define a few different things and just talk a little bit of, about some stuff that's going through. So the first question that we, uh, we had written down want to ask you is, um, are there things that you have noticed over the years that keep, you repeating, that keep repeating themselves pertaining to grace and faith and how we could stay in the middle of the road. So again, I'll just kind of make a little more sense of that. But in these years that we've pastored, they've been around for a while. Not talking about their age, but they've been pastoring for many years. But what are some things yes. that you've noticed and that you've seen through grace and faith? Because I mean, you know, what we're talking about, anybody heard there's a big emphasis on grace? Anybody ever hear that? There's a huge emphasis on grace. And it's grace, 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 grace. And that could lead you to a ditch. And if you just talk about faith, 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 that can lead you to another ditch. So there's got to be a fine balance between grace and faith that will keep you in the middle of the road. So through your times in ministry and what you've seen, you've obviously seen some cycles of this where grace was hyper grace or whatever, or extreme faith. But what are, again, what are some of the things pertaining to grace and faith and how could we stay in the middle of the road? Yeah, thank you, Pastor Joel. <laughs> I would say uh, if you are on on the extremes on both sides, you always wind up in works, right? Because when you look at the words like grace and faith, there's always works attached. So uh, if you wind up if you wind up in the ditch on grace on the one side, you'll always wind up talking about the sovereignty of God. And while it's true that God is sovereign, uh, we have to understand that we do play a role in it. Right, and so uh, I kind of grew up, <clears throat> excuse me, in a, in a setting that uh, the only thing we would really talk about was actually grace because that's what we thought, right? Everything is by grace. Now, that is a true statement, but that's not the whole picture. And so it kind of left the impression with me that if it's all by grace, I've got nothing to do with anything. I just hope that God one day notices me that I need some of His stuff. Right, that I need what, whatever he's got to offer me. So I'm kind of, you know, uh, trying, trying my utmost to get his, his attention. And if it doesn't work, then I just blame it on the sovereignty of God. Mm. And that's not really a good place to be in because we have to realize that, that God's sovereign will was hanging on the cross, right? And so what, whatever Jesus accomplished in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection, and in his ascension, that's the perfect will of God. That's God's sovereign will for our life. So if we don't know what that, what that is, if we don't know what that means, if we don't know what it, what it has purchased for us, 
then you're, you know, basically selling your, yourself short. And uh, so I kind of thought that if I want something and, you know, it all depends on the grace of God. If it happens, great. If it doesn't happen, it must be for some mysterious reason that it did not happen. And so, of course, uh, if you are in that kind of a mind frame, nothing ever happens, mm. right? Maybe the odd time something by accident happens and you say, well, it must have been God's will. So that's the, that's the one side of the extreme side. Uh, and it, it would really mean this, you wind up in works, right? Because you just hope that God notices you. If you don't, if he doesn't notice you, you just keep doing what, whatever you're doing. On the other side, if you're going with the extreme side on, on faith, you wind up in works also because you think, well, maybe I need to pray longer. Hmm. Well, maybe I need to pray harder. Maybe I need to pray louder. Maybe I have to uh, confess it more often. Now, while all these things are components of faith, praying and saying and, uh, you know, confessing what the Word says, uh, they are not meant to take the place of faith. They are actually meant to uh, cultivate faith on the inside of you. So when you say something, you're not, you, your attitude is not, you know what, maybe if I say it a thousand times, it's going to happen. The reason why it's going to happen is because you believe it, right? right? And the reason why you believe it is because you have said so. I believe and therefore I have spoken. Mm -hmm. And Ingrid, you had something too about it as well. Yeah, you know, it's true because I've seen, we have seen that extreme grace and extreme faith. Like in the extreme grace side, we've seen that people say, well, you know, I'm under God's grace, so I get to do whatever I want. Because he's going to forgive me, he's forgiven me anyway. So I'm going to just do whatever I want. And that just doesn't work. You, no. you don't get anywhere that way. And then we've seen on the faith side too, like, like just, just what you said, if I say it a hundred times, it's mine. But there's no relationship there because there's no, there's no, um, you're not believing it with your heart. All you're doing is you're speaking something that you think, well, I should speak it because, and then it becomes a work. Yeah. So everything is like we've, you know, we've heard in our Bible school from the leader of our Bible school. He always would say, stay in the middle of the road. Right. Just stay in the middle of the road and you will, you'll see how God's grace and well, you've been preaching on it for so for these past few weeks, how much God loves you. When you realize how much God loves you, then faith is not an issue. Faith mm -hmm. is automatically there. And so if you can stay right down the middle of your, your relationship is growing with God daily, that's where you want to be. Yeah. yeah. I remember one time, you know, we were, um, you know, some people were talking to us about a Bible study they were doing. And they were really thrilled about the Bible study they were doing because there were some new eras that they've never thought about, right? And one of the, uh, you know, and they showed me what it said, or they showed us what it said. And it kind of said something to the effect, you know, we don't even need to ask the Lord to, uh, for, for, to forgive us from our sin because he already knows that we have sinned anyway. So we're under grace. And so then you're kind of getting outside of the Bible, right? Because the Bible makes it clear, 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sin, then, we, then he is faithful and just. I mean, if, you know, I mean, if that's not the time that he finds out about it. But how, how many of you know, like, if you, if, you, you, if you confess something, you embrace it, you take ownership of it, right? And that's, how many of you know, that's very important. So if you uh, confess something to the Lord or to someone else, what has now happened is you've taken ownership of it, whether it is the promise of God that you uh, confess with your mouth, you've taken ownership of it, or whether it is sin. If you kind of act, well, God has for for forgiven me uh, anyways, 
um, well, that's which is true, but you're not helping your own self. You're basically deceiving your own self, right? Because you're walking around with this, you know, with this sin in your heart still, and you just act as though nothing has, has ever happened. So there's great freedom in knowing what the Word really says. If you confess your sin, uh, then God, He is faithful. Amen. He's just, He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So you're clean. Right. Right? But if you don't do that and you just say, well, I'm just under grace, you're not really freeing yourself. You're not cleaning yourself up at all. You're just walking around with stuff and you think it's been covered. Yeah. So let's actually talk about this for a little bit. It's kind of come up a few times in your wording. But if you've got your Bibles, go to Jude. Uh, Jude, there's only one chapter in Jude. But I want to just touch on what you guys said. Because um, Jude actually gives us some insight of what the end times will look like, which how I many you know we're living in the end times, right? Especially we, we need to know the season that we're in. We are in the end times. And so what we see a lot in the Bible is actually talking, Paul saw this, and I mean the prophets of old, Jude saw this, this day coming. And so he actually gives us a heads up or a warning in advance. So in Jude chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, let's just read that part together. And again, I want to encourage you, if you've got a Bible, see this. Because this, this is huge for us to actually see and know, especially the day that we live in. So verse 3, Jude goes on to say, Dear friends, I have been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation we all share. So notice this. This is what he wanted to talk about. This is what he wanted to express. Is just talking about the salvation that we all enjoy and share. How many of you are thankful that you have salvation? Man, come on now somebody. You're thankful that you, you're saved. That you've been bought by the precious blood of Jesus. You're not going to hell because of what Jesus did. He said, even though I would love to talk to you about these things, he says, now I find that I must write about something else, urging you to defend, no, what are we defending? Defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. Verse 4, I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. And I think that's part of the hyper grace that you were even just mentioning is like, oh, I can do whatever I want. I can act however I want. I can say, behave, do, because the grace of God already covers me. Now, just like Pastor John said, it's true, but is that what grace is for? Right? So maybe you guys want to elaborate a little bit on, on just this topic here of maybe not abusing the grace of God in such a way like you were saying, because it can be done, especially the generation that we're seeing in. And of course, I think everyone's aware of even yeah. to this past week on Monday, I believe it was, when the state of New York passed the law of abortion, right? And it's legal, it's allowed, and now we can just freely kill and murder a baby up to the time when it's ready to come out. Oh, God will just forgive all that. No, no, that's not, that's not what grace is for. So I want to just address some of the stuff that we're seeing, especially in moral, where yeah. people are living and acting certain ways, thinking, oh, it's okay, the grace of God covers me. So maybe you want to... On that yeah, well, bit. one of the things that I could say about it, like grace is not meant, you know, so that you can, you can get, get away with as much as possible. You know, grace is really meant so you can stay away from as much as possible. That's not helping you, right? Now, grace is a, is, it's an amazing topic, uh, unless you had a girlfriend by the name of Grace who dumped you, and it's not, not as fun. But, <laughs> but, but grace is an amazing topic in the sense that, you know, uh, where grace, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. So that's what we want to focus in on, right? There's always, always much more grace 
available than there is sin. There's always more healing available than there is sickness and disease. There's more uh, prosperity available than there is poverty and lack. Right? There's more blessing available than there's a curse. So you want to focus in on that. But once you are on this side of the cross, like once you're in, you don't want to use grace as just an opportunity just to throw something away and say, well, I'm covered in any way. You want to use that grace, uh, you know, just to get rid of other stuff as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, God is a gracious God, right? I mean, I, we have experienced that for ourselves. He is gracious. You know, you do, you know, when you mess mess up and if you're serious and sincere about it you know he's not holding anything against anybody amen he's right. not holding anything against anybody outside of the church nor inside of the church so that's what we gotta have, have to celebrate but you don't want to ever get to the place that you abuse it and you say you know what i'm gonna get a, i'm gonna use grace to to do uh to get away with as much as i possibly can when really it is meant to get you to a place that you you just love God so much you want to get rid yeah. of as many things as you can. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, Amen. yeah. You well, want? yeah, I wanted to because you we like you were saying we live in a society now that is allowing and putting forth um, many many things that are like what in the world is happening here? And as a Christian, and I'm like especially to families. You have a responsibility, now I'll just talk to parents, I guess. You have a responsibility to like, live in God's grace in this culture that we live in. And so how do you do that? Like, how, how do you walk? You know, I, our son Marcel is the youngest of, of five, and he's 16, and he comes home with stories from high school. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, like, how, what? How did that happen? It's even different than when you were in high school. And so we think, okay, God, how do, I, how, how do I maneuver our family through this and then stay in your grace? And you know what? You really have to take a stand for what the Word says. You have to be a doer of the Word. It, I cannot say anything. It's so important because you know who's watching you. Your kids are watching you. And if you don't stand up for what God says, they're not going to stand up for what God says either. Like, you want them to, but if, if you're not leading it by example, they're not going to. Find out what God says about things and, and stand with it. You have, to be, you have to be brave. You just have to be brave. And you're not on your own. You know, the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. And if you're, if you're married, then you have your spouse with you. If you're a single parent, hook up with some people that can help you. It's so important to you be a doer of the word. So that God can, he, when, you, when you are a doer of the word, then his grace is working. He's not going to leave you. And then you stand. You must stand. I mean, I, like Marcel and John and I have had so many discussions about so many things of what's going on. And you find out what God says about it. Because you'll know. Yeah. You'll know in your heart what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. And stick with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it says, be strong in the grace of the Lord Jesus yeah. Christ. So grace is nothing flimsy it's a it's a very strong commodity you could say right you know paul was strengthened by grace right so grace is not just uh, you know for the forgiveness of sin only but when you need to be strong uh, and you depend on the lord there's going to be a grace on the inside of you that'll get you through some tough times and it'll get you your family through some tough times as well 
And so there's nothing flimsy, there's nothing weak about Christianity, right? There's nothing flimsy about Christianity. It's not a crutch, you know, it's, a, it's, the, it's the boldest and the most confident and the most co courageous lifestyle that you've ever, ever come in contact with, yeah. you know. So, uh, so we encourage you as, as parents, and not only parents, but, you know, children as well, just be strong in the grace. Right? You know, who cares what people say? Uh, you know, when you're going to be persecuted for your faith, and you will be, yeah. then just hold, hold steady. Well, just to hold kind of chat on what you guys were steady. saying, like, grace won't necessarily make you popular. We got no. some talking to some of the younger folks, like school, because what it really, I mean, this is, what this, this is what the culture is like. This is what, you know, the society is like in this day. Grace has different thoughts about it. Right? And again, grace isn't a topic. Grace is a man. Right? And who is grace? It's Jesus. So whenever we stand for grace, what are we standing for? We're standing for Jesus and for righteousness sake. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you won't necessarily be the most popular around, but the grace of God, not only taking a stand for grace, but it also empower you to see it through yeah. and you'll see many come to your yeah. side. Grace, grace will get you out of your safe place. Right, <laughs> yeah. Um, just actually a question came in, I wanna just bring it out. Uh, but it just says, what practical steps can you take toward walking in faith if you recognize you are operating mostly in works. There's two parts to this question. The second part of it is, what do you do with intense feelings of inadequacy that seem to haunt your walk with God? So I'll just do that apart, apart again. So one question, two parts. So 1A, what practical steps can you take toward walking in faith if you recognize you are operating mostly in works? Um... Well, I would say you have to com commit to walk by faith, not by sight. Be a doer of the word, right? Um, I don't know exactly what works means there. I don't know exactly what it means. But I know, I know from, from my own self, um, you know, faith means to be a doer of the word, but it means to be a doer of your word as well. So I don't know if that's works or not, but, you know, that's... Or let's that's, just say somebody that's, you know... They're trying to receive their healing or okay. trying to receive an answer. So I'm doing, 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 but I'm not seeing anything happen in my life. No. So I'm stuck in works. Okay. Well, what, what I would do is, you know, uh, you know faith means that you, you say what, what God says, right? And you let what he says to dominate your spirit man, you know, just by, by, by meditating on it. And to meditate means, you know, you're actually saying it, right? Meditating. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, This book of the law, you know, this word of God shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate. You know, that means you say it uh, so that you may observe to, to do all that is written therein. So there's a time coming, right? As you just, you know, meditate it for your own self, right? Don't, don't go out there and let everybody know what you believe sometimes because that's just going to get you into trouble and people will throw doubt in you when you're not ready. Just... Just say it to yourself, right? The woman with the issue of blood, it, it's written about her. She said, and one translation says, she said within herself. So she's not blabbing it out there. She's saying it on the inside of her. And it caused her to do what she did. She, she got up from her, uh, from her unhealthy place. Uh, she made her way through the crowd. She did what she did. And Jesus said, it's, yeah. it's your faith that made you whole. So I would say, you know, uh, get get out of works by by meditating in it yeah. until you see yourself do it, right? Yeah. When you see yourself, and that's how Jesus functioned, 
right? He said, I can only do what I see my father do. It's not like he climbed up in heaven every so often and said, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, it's, it's like he, 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 he let the word dominate him. He, yeah. he, uh, he, he imagined it. He let the word uh, bring pictures to him to a point that he could do what he was doing. Yeah. And then you get out of, the, out of the works. Yeah, I have an example from my own life in that area. I would, some, we had something going on in our, in our world and um, I was overcome with fear. Overcome with fear. Like I was, I was barely hanging on. You know how you sometimes feel like you're just gripping the top of the, the last rung of the ladder. And so I thought, okay, I'm a woman of faith. I'm supposed to be, you know, I've been walking the faith life for so long and here I am overcome, overcome by faith. I thought, okay, so I got I to gotta do something about this. This is not right. So I thought, what do I do? The only thing I knew what to do, I would put on um, sermon after sermon after sermon about faith and about, well, you know what, anything about Jesus, really. <laughs> I would wake up in the middle of the night with a, <gasps> and I thought, oh, so I'd plug in those earphones and I'd turn it on and I'd listen, listen, fall back asleep an hour later, <gasps> and you should start all over again. But you know what? That word, it came into my heart. Yes. It became more and more real to me. And then pretty soon, it, it, you would have times in the day you weren't going, oh, you'd go, oh, thank you, Lord. Yeah, and then, but then, oh, would come again. And yeah. then you say, okay, no, back. Yeah. You, it's yeah. kind of a discipline thing. Yep. You gotta go back, do it again. So just to yeah. tie in what you're saying there, um, it's so also moving out of head knowledge yeah. to heart knowledge. Because yeah. yeah. for a man believes with his heart, not his head. So if you're maybe even just stuck in that works, what it looks like is you're believing it actually in your head. Okay, if it's a promise yeah. of God, so where are you, where are you, you thinking you have it, but you're just, yeah. okay, I, this is it, this is it, this is it. But so what Pastor John and Ingrid are just saying is you meditate on it. So what's happening in the meditation process, it's moving from your head and it's getting down into your heart and from the heart man believes. So you'll start to see it. Oh, I got it. That's when revelation comes. So getting out of works is really moving it out of your head and getting it into your heart, and that comes through meditation. And you know how you know, like I have a, I have a piece of paper hung, hang, hanging in front of my, our bed on the wall that says, what am I excited about today? And you know, when you're excited about something, you know you're in faith. Yes. Like, oh, I know what I'm excited about today, because it's part of who you are. Yeah. It's just become part of who you are, what you believe in for, it's not a struggle now. Yeah. And, and don't be like in condemnation that you think I'm struggling. Like just let it work in you. Be at peace in your heart. Like it's not a, it's not a big deal. Just, just let God do his work in you. Yeah. He's the one who puts faith yeah. in you anyway. So let him do it. Yeah. And then pretty soon you think, oh, I know what I'm excited about today. And it's, it becomes part of who you are. Right. And, and if I just don't struggle. Just don't struggle because yes, you no. will get there. You, but you have to discipline yourself, though. Yeah. You have to be careful what you're listening to, what you're thinking, what you're speaking. It's so important. So can you just tie in the, lab, the second part of this question was, what do you do with intense feelings of inadequacy that seem to haunt your walk with God? you got to speak. Yeah. You have to speak yeah, out loud. You know, how, how about this? There's three very important words that Jesus spoke. John 8, verse 31 and 32. He said this, you know, he said, if, if you can continue. So you have to make a choice, right? A lot of people quit, right? Because it doesn't seem to be working or it's just too difficult or it's just too much persecution. 
or whatever, you know. But if Jesus made this word, if he said this, if you continue in my word, then you will be my disciples indeed, right? And that's what we want to be. A disciple is an understudy, you could say. You know, a disciple is someone that is mentored by him. So he said, if you continue in my word, you're going to be my, my disciple indeed. Guess what's going to happen? And you shall know the truth, right? You shall know the truth. Like not just have, you know, you not just have the information of it, but you're going to get the, the revelation of it. You shall know the truth. And the truth that you know will just absolutely make you free, mm -hmm. right? But you have to make up your mind if you continue. So there's your choice, right? Do you want to quit or do you want to commit? Yeah. <laughs> Good. You know, another question that just came up here. Um, you guys got some good questions here. Uh, this one is, once you accept Christ into your life, can you lose your grace and eternal life? Well, if you really, really wanted to, you could. But, I mean, you know, why? Like, you, you don't want to. You know, like, these kind of questions often come up because people think that they have done something so bad that God is not mad at them and, you know, they wound up, they wind up in a mental institution sometimes, right? That's, that's how bad it is, right? Because they think we've messed up so bad I got mad at God and now he's mad at me. Uh-uh. You know, in order for, for you to walk away from grace, you have to qualify. Uh, you don't have to worry about it. Most people, most Christians don't qualify. If you're in this room, <laughs> you, you don't probably qualify. don't qualify. <laughs> that's right. Because really, if, if it is a question, you don't qualify. Because if you... You, you, you would know that you've done it. Like you would know like you know your own name. Because like it's not something you fall into. You'd have to purposely want it. You would, you'd purposely choose hell over heaven. It's not something that just, hap that just falls on you. Amen. Yep. Like I've dealt with, oh, I don't know. Like some people you can help. Some people you can't. We had a gentleman you know, in the church yeah. that we pastored before. And I talked to him, I believe, for six years, and we were not, we were, I was not able to help him, right? Because we went through the mountain, over the, around the mountain, over and over and over again. But what if? Yeah, but you did not, because if you, if you did, it would not be a what if. You would know it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, just a quick reminder, I, I don't have, this is, nobody knows your name on this, so this is just, I don't have, oh, who said this? So this is unanimous. Anonymous. This is anonymous. So again, if you just text that number, this just comes to and whatever your name. So just in case you're wondering, oh, like, I don't want them to think this is me. We don't know. So just go ahead. If you have some questions, maybe that's kind of holding anybody back. Uh, just so you know, there's grace extended to you. Um, we, have a, we have just a few more minutes time for this. Um, one of the other questions that came up was in every phase of your life, it requires different skill sets, such as ministry, parenting, marriage. What helped you to understand how to weave in and out of that to realize you couldn't possibly do it all? And how did you learn to tap into the grace of God and experience it in your own life? So this is kind of getting more personal in, in you, but um, especially seeing the culture that we're in where divorce is just seen to be rampant, where it's... <clears throat> I mean, you can see culture, right? I'm talking to everybody. You can see the culture that we're living in. It's disgusting. It's horrible. Is it even the, is it the will of God? No, it's not. There's a lot of it that's not being planned out. So how, what has helped you to understand how to weave in and out of all that? 
And then how did you learn to tap into the grace of God? What do you do to tap in? You want to start? Go ahead. Oh, I'll start. Yeah, it's hard for, for, for me to imagine that we were ever weaving in and out because... Um, or not you know, in and out, but just, I guess, oh, weaving okay. through it. Like yeah, through weaving it. through it. Okay. Because, you know, when we started out, you know, we just, uh, you know, I knew. Well, I, th I think it's got to go back to found foundational things, right? If you lay a really good, solid foundation for your life, for your personal life, for your family, for your children, for your church, for your business, for whatever, right? I mean, you, you have to start at the bottom row. And uh, most people don't want to start there. They want to build something. They want to build a third story on a vacant lot. And, uh, you know, so you got to go back to, build, to building a very solid foundation in your life. And, and we did that prior to us getting married, right? We were talking about, you know, what do we want to do, right? I and mean, we talked about vision. We talked about building, you know, us being a team. Um, so that, that has really held, held us steady when the hard times come, right? When the hard times come. And I would say this, like we, you know, when you're a person of faith, you have to live by words, right? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by words. So the words that you speak, they are your bond. Now, if you weave in and out of your word, then it's difficult to build, right? right. But but if you if, if you make up your mind, I'm I'm going to be a doer of what I say. If I if I made a promise, if I said this to my wife, come hell or high water, I'm going to do it, right? If I want to take her someplace, and I've said this many times, you know, I'm going to take you somewhere, and uh, I may not get there next weekend, but you know, I'm going to get there, right? I'm going I'm going to get there. So that's in my in in my you know weaving. That's what always helped me steady. Well, and grace, of course, what would we do without grace, right? In every aspect, every area of our life, as a parent, oh my goodness, we raised five of these guys, and <laughs> yeah. um, I think I, I was dependent on God 24-7, because you need to hear from Him mm. what's going on in their lives. Yeah. Lord, what's going on that I need to know? Is there something that I'm missing in one of my children's lives? Can you show me what's going on? And can you give me some answers for them? Like, you got to make God part of your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Every aspect of, yeah. of your life is, you, God's involved in it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, like, let me just tell you, you know, uh, we were talking to a pastor. And, um, and he said, like he was talking about, you know, how he had to co correct something in his, in his life. He said this, you know, him and his wife were having a tremendous amount of struggles and problems. And he finally said, well, let's just get a divorce, right? And that kind of ended the, the uh, debate that they were having. And so he didn't deal with it, you know, he, he didn't act on it, but he didn't really deal with it as well. But, you know, from that moment on, is his marriage got actually worse and worse and worse. So he's praying about it. He's asking the Lord, please fix it. Right? So, so the Lord told him, he said, well, you're going to have to get rid of the spirit of divorce. Right? Because he said, the minute you say it, the minute you say it, you've crossed a threshold. You know what I'm saying? The minute you say something, you have crossed a threshold. Now, that's how the, how the devil works as well. He wants you to say something, even if you don't mean it. Right? People often say that. Well, I said it, but I didn't really mean it. Yeah, but now you've said it, and now it's very difficult to get it back in the, 
You know, it's like put the toothpaste back in. You can't. Once you've said it, it's out. You've crossed a threshold. And in order for you to get out of there, you know, you're going to have to repent of, of what you have said because it opened up the door for something like, like that to happen. So he did. You know, he said, Lord, I'm sorry for, for, for even thinking that way and especially for saying that. He went to his wife. He said, you know what? I, I don't want that. I am, I am sorry that I, that, that I said that to you. I don't want, I don't want a divorce. I want to marry. I want to stay married to you. I want to have a good marriage. And he fixed it and he never said it again. So, see, we, we, we live in a world you can basically say, almost say anything that you want that is a bad thing, right? So, have you ever noticed sometimes right. the pressure is so big you just want to cuss, right? Because then the pressure is off. But once you do it, guess, guess what happens? You've now opened up the door for cursing to come in. So, you, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to commit, you know, to what you say uh, that's 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 what's going to happen in your in your life, you know. If you com commit to it, then you'll speak blessing. You'll speak blessing over your over your wife. You speak blessing over your husband, over your children, over your work, over your boss, because that's what you want. Mm -hmm. And you know, we were talking about. <coughs> can I just bring in a scripture here oh, yeah. found in First uh, uh, Peter, chapter um, chapter three. Oh, I've got to find it really quick. Oh. It says, like, like talking about husband and wife, um, he said, Likewise, you husbands dwell with them, with your wives, according to knowledge, giving honor to the wife as unto the weaker vessel. We could go into the bed. I don't want, I don't want to do that. It doesn't mean that you're weak. It just means you, you're, you're you made, made up difference. Much. Pardon yeah. me? It means that you can't bench press as much as No, that exactly. Okay. <laughs> and as being, now notice this, as being, being heirs to, together of the grace of life, that your prayers be, be not hindered. So your husband, you as a team, we as a team, we're, uh, we, we're heirs with the two of us as the, of, of the grace of life. So if, if we want that, I'm going to have to honor, honor my wife. Right? I'm going to have to say good words, speak good words, speak blessing over her. Mm -hmm. That's very practical to me. Yeah. Yeah. It is very practical. Did you want to add anything to that? You want to add anything to that thing? You know the question was? <laughs> Every phase of life has required different skill sets. Parenting, ministry, marriage. What has helped you to understand how to weave in so that to realize you couldn't possibly do it on your own? And how did you learn to tap into the grace of God and experience it in your life? So I, have, I will say this yet. Um, you know, you cannot be offended or be angry or be hateful and then still experience God's grace and expect to walk in His fullness. Like his grace is always extended to you. I'm not saying that, but you can't you, you can't be angry, and be mean, and be unkind, and be hurtful to people, and just walk in his fullness. It's impossible. So one thing we've learned, and that affects every area of our lives with children, ministry, marriage, all that. You can't be angry and offended. You just can't. Like, and you may have a million reasons why you think you should be and you may be right that yeah you were wronged people did you wrong but you have you have no right to be offended mm -hmm. and um, we have learned that over and over again in marriage I'm not offended when he what? I'm trying to think of a mistake but I just can't think of one. 
That's a good record right there. And it's live, so you got that for <laughs> um, Like, if, when you uh, get out of bed last and don't make it, or something, I don't know. Or, or like, if, like, but you know, you, you just can't be. You, you must speak to yourself, because um, you have, I mean, many times a day, you probably have the choice to be offended or not, and you can feel it coming up, but you better use your words. This is what I do because I can feel it. Oh, man, look what that person did to me. Are you kidding me? Did it again. And then you, you can go down that path. You can go down it really easy. But I make myself stop. Yeah. And I say, oh, Lord, bless them. <laughs> Just bless them, Lord. May they excel in all they do. May their day be glorious. And you don't even feel like saying it. But once you hear yourself say it, yeah. you know your heart will follow that. Right. And it becomes so much, so much easier. Yeah, it's amazing how that works. Like, you're, God set this up for us. He gave us a way out. We have to learn to use it. Mm -hmm. We cannot ever, ever just let ourselves... You can't. And you, you, you just can't. You must speak it. Thank yep. you, Lord. Bless him. Yep. Bless him. Bless him. And then pretty soon you're like, yeah, okay. Lord, bless him. Even when I was getting spanked as a kid. Bless him. We would get spanked. Bless him, Lord. Just bless him. Just bless him, Mom. Bless that child. Anyway, so, yeah, well, if, if, you, if you take offense, it's the same as taking poison, hoping that the other guy dies. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked even last week at our, at our Saturday service and Sunday, just talking about humility. And the grace of God is available for anyone and everyone at any time. But who gets grace is the humble. Because God actually has to resist or sets himself against the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Can I just add one thing yeah, to that? For, yeah. Because I was, I was talk, thinking about that verse one day, and I thought, okay, Lord, I don't think I'm very prideful. I don't think so. I'm pretty humble. And then I thought, okay, well, will you show me where I'm prideful? And then as the day went on, I heard a little voice inside. Okay, it's there, and it's over here. And when you do this, that's pride. And like, oh, man. You know and what? I could mention a few too, but I yeah. don't want to do that. But if you, if you open up, if you, if you open up your heart to, to let God speak to you, He'll show you, and you then you us, can grow. Sorry, can you give us an example of? Because I know you as my mom, yeah. and well, Pastor Ingrid, I know that. So to see pride is a very, very subtle thing yes, in your is. life. Because otherwise, I mean, my mom is not a proud lady. She walks around just saying, "I got this. This is my thing. I'm going to whoop y'all." Like that's not my no. mom. So could you maybe give us a little insight into how subtle it was Ooh. and maybe what was tapped in? Because I know that was one of the things we talked about. We kind of think of pride as some big, braggadocious, somebody who's just extremely arrogant. Uh, but when it comes in very subtly, I mean, even one of the things that we read last week in 1 Peter chapter 5, worry. Worry is a form of pride. And most people, they're worry champions and they take pride in, I worry well. But Peter actually tells us pride is a, is a form of, or sorry, worry is a form of pride. True. And so God actually has to resist himself against worriers. Like just thinking of that, like, oh, okay, Lord, I, I can't afford to have that in my life. So could you maybe just give us a little insight into your... Well, and probably all you moms are also do this. <laughs> you know how proud you are of your children. <laughs> you know, and then when someone <laughs> says something about them, what did you say about my kid? I don't think so. You know what? That's not right. When someone says something about your child, man, the mama bear rises up and you, you be careful what you say about my child. You know who he is? He works hard. He does his best. You leave him alone. That's not the reaction that you're supposed to be doing. 
it, and it's so subtle because it's an attack on your child. Or if you're somewhere... Um, At Winners. <laughs> Come on. Winners. <laughs> <laughs> Where can I find my mother? Winners. At Winners. Earls. Earls and Winners. Like, it's so, it's so subtle. It's so subtle that you think you're better than somebody else. And it, even if you don't think you are, but there's that little prideful edge to you that you got to just put away. You got to put it away. When, if my husband would say something to me, well, I don't know if I really like your outfit. Well, what's wrong with it? And then that's not, that's not the attitude that I want to create in our, my home. You know, it's, it's subtle little things. I don't think I'd like the way you cook that. What? Yeah. 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 Once, you, <laughs> once he spit something out on the plate, you spit something out on the plate. Yes. Probably, it's probably tacos. Of those it's years of eating tacos, tacos we, we know what it is. It's under the blood. I didn't know. And I, I was so mad. I thought, oh, man. But you ha like, just let God's word work in your heart. Just let him, like, if you're, you know what? If you're in constant dialogue with the Holy Spirit with, within you, it, he can access you all the time. And then you've got, you, you're learning, you're growing, especially if, you're, if you are responding to what he says. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could ignore it too. But if you respond, say, oh, okay, got that, Lord, I got that. Yeah, cool. Just let him have access yeah. to you all the time. So I want to ask you just one more question for each of you. Uh, the same can question. I, can I finish up what, 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 oh, what yep. Mama just said? Because, you know, in order to stay out of offense, of you're going to have to have something bigger in your heart than the offense, yeah. right? Um, like I'm thinking about the Canaanite woman, right? She came up to Jesus. Jesus did not re respond to her at all. The whole story, I don't want to get into all of it. But then finally at the end of the story, you know, Jesus basically called, called her a dog. Right? He says, it's not right for me to take the children's bread and to cast it to two dogs. He just called, called the woman a dog. Right? Now, you know, this may not, that may kind of bust your image of Jesus. And it is not that he's being mean. He's just, he's wanting, he's working with her this whole time. He wants her to be on the same page as he is. Now, she could have stormed off and say, you know what, Jesus, that's enough. You know, you have ignored me, your little group of healing evangelists. Try to get rid of me. I'm not part of your mission. And now you call me a dog. I'll see you in court. And she may have won the court case, right. but she would not have won her daughter back. Right? Yeah. So, so, what, so the reason, you know, she could have really gotten off offended at that time, but she did not. The reason why she did not get offended is because her... The desire to see her daughter made whole was greater than any offense that was offered her. Yeah. So that's what you got to have in your heart. You got to, God works with the desires of your heart, right? So if you work with, with that, then all, what, whatever people do, forget it. Whatever they say, forget it because you got something that God gave, gave you on the yeah. inside of you. He's, he gave you a promise that you're going to hold on yeah, to. Yeah, you bet. And even getting called a dog, is it worth what you're believing for, it's got to be bigger, right? And so if you're looking for the reference, that's Matthew 15, 21 through 28. So that's on there. Uh, but just the last question I want to ask you guys uh, is just this. If you could go back, like in your life, what would you spend more time on in certain things that your future self would have benefited from? If you could go back to your 20s, 30s, what would be a good thing to tell 
those of us who are there or who are later in life, that would be good to know now so that they are not where they want to be or need to be in future years. I think I would have, um, I would have been involved in building a stronger team yet than what we are, than, than what we are now. Like I see, I see gifts and graces in my, in my wife now um, that, I, that I could have worked with a long time ago and, I'm, and that would be vice versa. You know, Ingrid sees things in me that are, you know, just surfacing now and think, man, you know, we could have worked on that a long time ago. I, you know, I don't know what else I can say about that. You know, one thing I was, uh, now that uh, we look at things from a different point of view, you've got some years behind us. Um, you know what I would stop doing is comparing ourselves oh, yeah. with others. Yeah. And others, like, because we pastored for many years, so... I'll just talk about that. You know, you compare yourself to that church. You compare yourself to this church. Oh, man, we don't add up. We don't have this. We don't have that. Oh, you know what? Forget, forget it. it. <laughs> forget it. And even, you know, in your lives, too, like, oh, well, I don't add up. Look at what their kids are doing. My kids aren't doing that. Look how she's looking and she's got it all together. I don't. Who cares? Mm. Who cares? Mm -hmm. You know what? You have to. Now, what I think of it, you know what? You must be kind to yourself. God is kind to you. You must be kind to yourself. Just rely on God's love for you. He's your yes. father. Yes. Now, it's taken me years to learn. He's going to take care of you. Just yeah. let him. And just forget about the rest. Don't make a big deal about stuff. Just, just kind of lay back in his love and believe what he says. Amen. Whatever he says in his word, that's who he is. Yeah. He's your father. He loves you. He's going to take care of you. He takes care of the birds. He's going to take care of you. Right. He will show you things to come. He's going to develop your ministry, your life, your children, all in his hands. Yep. So stop comparing yourself. Yep. It's not worth it. That's it's good. not worth it. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah. Did you want to change your answer now that you heard that one? or I just No, I, I, <laughs> I am I'm racing through my mind what else I can say, but I, I don't know what else I can say. Okay. So, yeah, no, that's a, can I check? Maybe we wrote something down, but what no, did I say? to be a doer of the word. Oh. <laughs> well, I already talked yeah. about that. Right, okay. Yeah. No, that's good. Yes. No, that's totally fine then. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for... You're asking me to change my answer. Well, I was wondering if you did because you kind of looked like, oh, yeah, that's what... <laughs> Could you change that answer? Or maybe? maybe a little bit, you know, a little, a little different. No, I thought, I just thought I saw a look. Yeah. So I'm just picking up on a hunch that wasn't it's, there. It feels like like a, like a test from a teacher. You give it back and say, maybe you want to change. <laughs> Did, you, <laughs> Did you really want to say that? <laughs> yes.